Mr. Speaker, when the Prime Minister met uh, President Donald Trump last week, did she do as the Foreign Secretary suggested and ask him to take over the Brexit negotiations? <laughs> Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. So glad that you are with us. Uh, my gosh, that was kind of interesting, wasn't it? Um, so being told that uh, Trump should take over Brexit negotiations, he'd probably, you know, get it done. Um, and the, the honestly, uh, the crowd in the parliament cheering. Uh-huh. And then you see all these reports. Very interesting. We'll talk about this. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com for podcasts of the show. And of course, we welcome, uh, of course, Dr. Pesta to the show today because it's a Monday and Uncle Milty and uh, Dr. Pesta has uh, the Dr. Duke show, which is a fantastic weekly show. You've got to check it out every Thursday night. I welcome you, Dr. Duke Pesta. Thanks. It's always good to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. And uh, I feel like we just talked to you. We had you on Thursday, and it's so it's really nice, actually, because I just love how you dial down to the issue, uh, talk about the issue at hand, not afraid to say anything. And I, I love that about you. And so I, I want to talk about I want to talk about Europe. I want to talk about the response that Trump got going to Europe and what the media is showing us versus mm-hmm. I'm going to imagine from even the parliament clapping and cheering wildly when it was said that. Trump should take over the negotiations instead of Theresa May. Um, what was the reaction? Yeah, this is the thing. I, I, I think we keep hearing from the media mm-hmm. how everyone in Europe hates Trump. The English hate Trump. Uh, Mayor Khan, who everybody in England hates, hates Trump. And, and flying babies, diapered babies over London. And the reality is, is that it's a very small percentage of left as it is in this country. It's a very small percentage of radical left-wing protesters enabled by a complicit media to make it seem like it's bigger than it is. But the fact is, is that Donald Trump has made a remarkable impression. Uh, I think they weren't kidding. I think that Donald, they, they recognize that their parliamentarian system uh, could use someone like Donald Trump to, to enact the will of the people, right? Uh, the people voted for Brexit, and they were clear and concise about that. There was no mistaking, no recounts necessary. When the English people were given a choice, they chose to leave. And it's a staggering thing to consider, guys, that we were at three, four years after the fact now, and the politicians have made no real steps towards removal. It just goes to show you how once you get involved in some kind of uh, – a pan-continental thing, right? Mm-hmm. The European Union, which took all of Europe, more or less, and reduced it to one centralized government. It's kind of a microcosm of what global government would look like. Right. And how hard it is, how disenfranchised people come dem- democratically in terms of their vote. And here we are considering in this country the USMCA, right, which is going to take a big step to taking all of North America and making it the same kind of union as the European Union. It's a dangerous thing. Right. Trump, Trump, who is supporting, uh, definitely supporting Brexit, maybe we need to, th- to remind him again here that why are you trying to get us into some kind of a North American treaty that's going to further erode American sovereignty? It's a good question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I don't whenever I see a media narrative shoved out on us, of course, I'm always questioning it on everything. Um, but this is this has been so curious uh, somebody was uh, somebody was saying to me um, that, that 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 Trump being in was was uh, 
it's very interesting to see the reaction being enticed by everybody from everywhere around the world. And then what the media says, everybody around the world, how they feel. And that just isn't true. It's kind of like when they uh, did not actually put out the right information on the yellow vests out there protesting. It's the same thing. We're, we're only we're getting what we get from the media is the nugget of what the media wants us to believe. And then they push the agenda. Even if there's only 20 people, they'll say it's the entire country. Uncle Milton. Well, one, an amazing thing that shows just what you said is true is the fact that on a state meeting like this between Queen Elizabeth and the president, they're quoting what the little pissant mayor of London, Sadiq mm-hmm. Khan, had to say right. about the president. I mean, yeah, and that's right. They, they've got to find they go to the highest ranking objector. Right. And that as somehow that balances out what the rest of the country yep. thinks. Yeah. Uh, and Khan, by the way, I mean, why would you expect Khan to support anything that Trump does? Here's a guy who's so fervid about gun rights that he's pretty much locked down London as a gun free zone. And now everybody's stabbing themselves with knives, stabbing each other with knives. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, the, the, the ineffe- inefficacy of Khan's government is staggering. And I think most of the people of England recognize this. Most people throughout the UK recognize that in parts of London, it's a no, it's a no-go zone. It's a lot like the ban, the famous banlieue of Paris, right? Uh, the city is heavily protected, Paris, and outside you have all of these Muslim suburbs where uh, French police are terrified to go. Mm-hmm. They don't even go there, and that's what's hap- beginning to happen around London as well. So um, the idea that you got to go to somebody like Khan to provide a voice to balance out the majority of the Englishmen who support. Trump's being there. It, it yeah. shows you how really uh, unfortunate the media coverage is. <sighs> so it's true. amazing. So They're levels. so desperate, you know. They are desperate, and uh, they are they are truly uh, uh, insinuating uh, how we're supposed to feel and how England feels. And there's a long history with England, a very long history um, that if I was going to put on my other hat, we could go into because we are so deeply tied. Uh, I know that uh, the audience, when I did a show on this, they were they were quite horrified about the fact that the AG of Illinois actually on the page said, "I bow to the crown." I bow to the crown. Um, that, <laughs> um, wait a minute. You're an American citizen. You're AG of a state. What do you mean you bow to the crown? And that's what the Bar Association and everything is all about. People didn't, I don't think they ever follow that back and realize our ties to Britain that continue on and our ties to Britain that have always been. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that we have a shared language, a shared culture. Uh, there's no denying that uh, English colonies were going to go go on to form the American states, at least the initial colonies. And uh, American law traces itself back to English jurisprudence, going back to Magna Carta and before that. There's a, there is an, a, 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 what the Germans and the French dismissively call the Anglosphere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be very clear that most of the developments of freedom, liberty, civil rights, human rights, human rights were ang- the Anglosphere did it. We're not talking about all of Western culture. This is not a French thing. It's not a, a Russian thing. It was not an Eastern European thing. It was not a German thing. Uh, m- much of what we hold dear in terms of const- our constitutional republic, what we hold dear in terms of freedom of speech, even freedom, the Second Amendment freedoms that we have, those are Anglosphere developments. They are not necessarily pan-European developments. Right. And so we look, think about the way that the French and the Germans sort of sneer at the Anglo-Saxon dominance of Western culture. 
culture. Uh, but what we've seen from the Germans and the French over the last couple of year, hundred years means, well, maybe the Anglosphere is doing something right. Uh, maybe the Anglosphere, which fought back, not back Nazism, which fought back socialism, maybe the Anglosphere, which has created greater prosperity for its people than other forms of, of government, even in Europe, tells us something about the uniqueness of the special relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, uh, I mean, I could go on and on, but it's, it, it, I think we, I, when you recognize what they do, uh, when you recognize, um, what is actually going on here and, and, uh, and, and understand what the media does, if, if people could just be smart enough to step back and just say, I'm tired of being manipulated here. I'm tired of, of every single thing being manipulated in the press and it, it virtually is i can't even point to um any show i've ever done where we're actually scouring through the news and i read a piece that's actually really truthful um please question everything too because if we don't if we don't start getting a little smarter on this um i, I don't I, I know there's a huge sector of america that still believes every single thing that comes out of the news yeah, that's and right. I think that's it. Um, we've become complacent. The Amer- Americans, the problem of America, all of our problems, are are not runaway government because we've allowed it to run away. It's not corrupt schooling because we've allowed it to become corrupt. We've become mm-hmm. complacent. In some ways, uh, and this is this is the kiss of death for all republics. It's what happened to Rome. We became too wealthy and too comfortable. We, 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 the, the mainstream American doesn't fear invasion, doesn't fe- we don't have to fight in our own foreign wars, most of us. My 20-year-old college kids don't even recognize that for the entire time they've been alive, America's been at war, and it has not affected their lives one iota. Well, the, while their 20-year-old peers are fighting and dying in foreign countries, these kids have—I asked my kids just the other day. I said, can you name, we have had what? We've had 18, 20 years of successive war. Can you name one Medal of Honor winner? Can you, can you name one American soldier in the last 20 years? And a number of them have, mm-hmm. who have, who have won the highest honor by giving their life for others or for saving the lives of innocents and bad. They can't name one of them. Right. So you've been in school since you were in kindergarten. And you've learned all sorts of things about how the founding fathers were racist, how the American military Mm -hmm. is imperialistic, how America is a oppressive country. But you can't name one soldier in the last 20 years who's won our highest award. That tells you what kind of education you're getting. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. Um, uh, so many pieces to talk about. <laughs> so many pieces that we actually were uh, talking about before the show. Um, and when we're talking about that, too, uh, there's pieces on uh, just just really having a lot of um, conservative values in the news lately um, and trying to annihilate those and trying to uh, make it so that, that conservatives are looking like the bad guy again and again. It's It, it always amazes me how many ways they can twist conservatism to become uh, horrid in this country. And we're seeing a lot of pieces come out. Yeah, frankly. it's just a bogey. The word conservative, Republican, uh, mm-hmm. Christian now, they've become synonymous on the left with white supremacy. That's mm-hmm. the whole argument that's being made right. here. Uh, forget the fact that you have a vibrant... I, I, I see this at the university all the time. Christianity is patriarchal, it's oppressive, it hates women. However, when African Americans display their Christianity through gospel singing or through revivalist charismatic churches, that's authentic, right? Mm -hmm. When white people practice Christianity, it's to exploit. When minorities do it, it's some kind of an authentic expression of native feeling. And so we have done a good job at college campuses of redefining words. Um, I think we talked about last week on your show that the word racism 
has become white supremacy because mm-hmm. racism mm-hmm. is something we're all guilty of. Right. White supremacy is is, is 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 specific to one group. The word um, diversity has now become the word inclusivity. Right. So because diversity we've got. Right. Mm-hmm. We are a diverse country. We have diverse representation at every level of government. Our schools are diverse places. So you can't use diversity to beat up Western culture. What you can accuse Western culture of is not being fully inclusive. And so. By allowing the progressive and the academic left to rewrite the definition of words, uh, our assumptions now have changed. Mm-hmm. And that is to become prejudicial against traditional values. Or not being diverse, of, I mean, uh, you know, uh, diverse enough. And that's the other thing we're sold well, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And based on all that, it's a no wonder that they hate this visit. Because oh, yeah. it just, it's everything they're against, this mm-hmm. visit. Right. Well, the progressive left always points to Europe as being more radical than we are. Right. Progressives in Europe tend to be about 10 years ahead of us. We'll be so right to look back. over now and mm-hmm. to see Donald Trump being welcomed instead of hated really bugs them. Be yep. right back on the Kate Daly Show with Dr. Duke Pesta and Uncle Milty. Stay with us. Are you trying to lose weight and get in shape? Are you trying to recover from an injury or surgery? Or are you trying to improve your overall health? A swim spot or hot tub can offer you a multitude of options to lose weight, get in shape, and improve your cardiovascular health. Absolute Comfort Spa and Pool has an amazing combination hot tub swim spa unit. Let Absolute Spa show you how quick, easy, and affordable it can be to own your own hot tub or swim pool. Absolute Comfort Spa and Pool, 765 North Bluff Street or AbsoluteComfortUtah.com to learn more more. Let Best Mattress help you beat the heat this summer. I know you're thinking, sounds just like another slogan, Dave. I'm Dave, by the way, owner of Best Mattress. Well, you really can beat the heat while you sleep. See the revolutionary new Temper Breeze mattresses that actually let you sleep up to 8 degrees cooler with a four-level cooling system. Plus, get up to $300 instant store credit, free delivery, and pay no interest for 72 months. Best Mattress, your Tempur-Pedic Elite dealer and home of the Sleep Easy Guarantee. Bedrock Quartz, beautifully shaping nature's stone. With showrooms in West Jordan, Layton, Pleasant Grove, and St. George, Bedrock Quartz is committed to giving you an incredible countertop for your home or business. Here's what our customers are saying about Bedrock Quartz. My experience from the very beginning with Bedrock was incredible. Better than I had imagined. It exceeded all my expectations. And only eight days from template to install. I would recommend Bedrock Quartz without a second thought. With four showrooms in Utah, learn more at bedrockquartz.com. This is Real Deal Rick from RVs. I'm pulling out all the stops. No surprises, no extra fees, just real deals down at RVs. I'm discounting everything on this slot. That's right, everything on this slot has huge savings. Wait, what did you say? No extra fees, no surprises, and no, no, no to all those sales gimmicks and high prices? It's the Real Deal Memorial Day sale going on now at RVs with huge savings. Visit RVZZ.com today. Don't miss Financial Strategies, Saturday at noon on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies, hosted by Trevor Carlson, will introduce you to the products and professionals that will provide you with the best strategies and tools to live more abundantly. Tune in every Saturday at noon to Financial Strategies, right here on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies is brought to you by Heritage Reverse Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1497455. At Red River Health and Wellness, 
you get a personalized, comprehensive treatment plan. They are not going to send you home with a Band-Aid. That's why people go to Red River. That's why people trust Red River. If you are just not feeling well and you're tired of the doctors saying, there's nothing wrong with you, your tests are all normal, but you're still feeling cold all the time, you have digestive problems, you can't get rid of the headaches, well... You know what? These issues can be solved, and Red River Health and Wellness wants to help you out. If you've been told that you have adrenal issues or chronic fatigue or even celiac disease, Red River Health and Wellness has a treatment plan for you, and they're going to personalize it to you. You've got to give them a call today. The consultation is free. Call them to make that free consultation, 435-767-9355. That's 435-767-9355. Don't put a Band-Aid on your symptoms. Your health is worth more than that. Red River Health and Wellness. Find them at redriverhealthandwellness.com. Chiropractic physicians. John Gibson, digging up history. He died impoverished and scorned, but the inventor's breakthrough is how we ride around in cars every day. His tragic story after this. Want to get back that full head of hair you once had? Now you can do something about hair loss with Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to help you return to a full-bodied head of hair. Reveal for men and women, too, for all types of hair. 30-day money-back guarantee. Get yours at johngibson.com. That's Reveal for hair at johngibson.com. Click on the Juness button on the right. johngibson.com, Juness. The man was obsessed with a material that had been discovered in Brazil, which was called, at the time, waterproof gum. Our hero experimented with material to the exclusion of taking care of his family. He sold his wife's jewels to continue his experiments. He couldn't even afford a coffin when his son died. One day, using some sulfur and lead with this material, he dropped it on the stove and noticed it remained hard yet pliable and supple. Before he died in debt for a couple hundred thousand dollars, he made a list of all the things that could be made from his invention. One thing not on the list was tires. His invention was vulcanized rubber. His name was Charles Goodyear. I'm John Gibson, digging up history. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. You keep saying you've got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messer where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. Welcome back. Uh, Kate Daly Show here. Glad to be here, too. And uh, Dr. Duke joins us from the Dr. Duke Show. And Uncle Milty joins me today on a Monday. Hopefully get your Monday kick started. Make sure you go to uh, the Kate Daly Show at katedalyradio.com. Three words, katedalyradio.com. Also, the Dr. Duke Show is amazing. Catch it every Thursday. And uh, and so I, I welcome you back. Let's have a discussion, Dr. Duke, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about that that piece that we were discussing, because uh, there was a piece about what politicians are all about these days. 
Yeah, it's a piece by uh, Veronique de Rougie. She's a great writer. She's writing in the New American Magazine, which is uh, uh, one of the, the mm-hmm. important magazines in the country for exposing the deep state. Yes. And she makes a great point. She calls, she wonders, are politicians purveyors of outrage? Particularly, you think about Democrat politicians. For the two and a half years that we've had Donald Trump, everything is a crisis. Everything mm-hmm. is impeachable. Everything is the end of the world. I was reading the news this weekend prior to Donald Trump going to England, and I was blown away by how many Democrat politicians keep saying we have a constitutional crisis, but they never tell you how. They keep saying mm-hmm. that sure. in spite of the Mueller report, that D- Trump is a Russian agent or he colluded, and no one else is saying that. It, what, what I find really interesting is that you have a Democrat party now that almost every level is screaming the sky is falling. The, consti- the, the, the same Democrat party who abuses the Constitution, who thinks it's a racist document, who appoints judges whose job, sole job is to unmake the Constitution, now all of a sudden we're asked to believe, because Donald Trump's president, all of a sudden they care about the Constitution is utterly, utterly, utterly unconvincing. Another example of that is the thing about the tariffs in Mexico. They've been screaming all week that it's going to put a strain on the consumers. Prices Mm -hmm. are going to go up. But yet they talk all the time about taxing corporations, which does exactly the same thing. That's a good point. Yeah, and I think it's complete BS, guys. I don't think there's anybody in this country, almost anybody in this country, who wouldn't be willing to pay more for apples or avocados if it meant that we could got to control our own border. The kind of labor that's streaming in here, I don't think most people would be bo- bothered to pay a little bit more for certain things if we actually had control of the border. And, and what money we would lose or what extra money we would have to pay in terms of certain commodities we would absolutely more than make up in the money we would keep inside the country, money that was bleeding away to Central and South American countries by illegal immigrants. Yes, and there was an article about the um, a Mexican restaurant here in the United States. They said a meal there would go up like five cents because of it. <laughs> wow. And all we're hearing from this is, uh, is, is, oh my gosh, look at what's going on. We're going to be taxed through this. Um, and I, I, I'm with you guys. Um, we don't complain when it's the other reasons, only this reason, and because of, I guess it's Trump doing, you know, it's Trump somehow behind it. It's kind of amazing how they twist and turn it. But back to that, that piece, mm-hmm. um, the purveyors of outrage. That's very interesting comment. Are politicians the purveyors of outrage? Is that what they've been deduced to? Is that it? I mean, and not deduced because I think they're pretty horrific, but I mean, do, <laughs> is that what they're all about now? Well, I think it makes sense because they. This was a Democrat election, a democratically conducted election. Even the left doesn't say the voters were tampered with. This was a fair and square election. Donald Trump won. He won places like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan that hadn't gone for a Republican president in 20 years. He did it by an appeal to blue collar workers. He the, the very demographics that the left prides itself on owning: uh, the blue collar worker, the the poor white person, certain uh, minority communities. In, in higher levels than u- usual, voted for the Republican, voted for Donald Trump. And so I think what the left sees is the, the it's, it's becoming obvious to, to, to many in this country that the promises of Democrats are empty promises, that the Democrat emperor has no clothes. Mm-hmm. And so what people want to vote for is not even necessarily Trump. They want to vote for outsiders. They want to vote for change agents. Mm-hmm. They want to vote for people who aren't going to engage in the status quo. And one way you do that is to challenge these narratives. The progressive left sees that reliable constituency group ebbing away. My goodness, uh, uh, 
Latino support for Trump has doubled. Uh, he got higher numbers of votes than George Bush did with all of his, his Hispanic outreach. Trump got more of the Latino vote in 2016. And since 2016, his numbers of support in Latino communities has doubled. So these, these traditional tried and true uh, constituencies are starting to fade away, uh, start to melt from underneath the progressives. And they recognize that they have, other than the lies, the, the plantation lies they've told minorities, they don't have anything they can point to tangibly to say, this is how we've helped you. Now you've got Donald Trump and uh, uh, Hispanic unemployment is at the lowest in 40, 50 years. African-American employment is at its lowest possibly ever. You've got more women in the workforce than ever before. And what we see is that tangible proof that capitalistic and free market principles trump all of this racial pandering that the left has done for 40, 50 years. Yes. And they also the the black community has has really woken up to this, too, that the, the promises of the Democratic Party are empty, empty, empty. And they are also even though they don't like Trump, they know that the Democratic Party is not their future. That's right. And, and I also think they see, too, uh, the the seamless elision between the media and the Democrat Party is beginning to fray a little bit. They see people like Acosta. They see uh, four years ago, guys. Four years ago, guys. No one would have thought that CNN's mask would have fallen so completely. Those of us on the right who watched the news, we knew that CNN was biased. Mm -hmm. But what you see now is just how biased they are, and it's not. They're not even pretending to hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think the the it's not just the Democrat politicians. It's the Democrat media enablers now who like. Veronique says, are screaming, uh, are screaming uh, again and again and again. They're crying wolf. They're they're exaggerating the problems we face. They're hyperbolizing our culture. It's not nearly as bad as they say. And so, not only are we beginning to see through the Democrat Party, but we are also seeing that so-called reliable middle-of-the-road news sources like CNN have been proven to be as biased as the New York Times, which is why CSN, CNN's ratings are radically crashing now. Yeah, she says something on the bottom that says. Of her article that says, yes, candidates of the campaign trail often come up with bad and outrageous ideas, right? Because that's what gets the media attention, right? She says, yet in the Hall of Fame of poor policy proposals, this one may way quickly rise to the top. We ha- we did a whole show on the fact uh, shooting holes through the whole poor narrative that has become the Democratic platform. If you pull the rug out from under that and you say, oh, listen here, in America, our poor is not like a third world Africa poor, then you've annihilated their own to socialism. You have annihilated their whole reason for campaigning to get us to to react and to victimize the poor in this country so that the rest of us middle class will jump on and uh, and 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 do what we need to do and is necessary um, to uh, make sure that no one's poor in America, but it's a box of rocks. Well, that's exactly yeah. what they're seeing happen mm-hmm. in the in the minority communities. Right. They're seeing that rug getting pulled out from under them and they're frightened. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we constantly hear the number between 40 and 50 million Americans are at the poverty line or below it. And that is horrifying. When people hear that, that's it's almost one in four, five, six people in this country. And yet when you step back for a second and you realize that so-called 50 million that's in danger of poverty, they 95 percent of them have a roof over their head. Ninety five percent of them have cell phones. Ninety uh, percent of them have cars in the driveway that what we and we never put this together until recently. Right. Mm-hmm. That for a couple 
country like ours, where poverty means you have a house or a roof over your head, you've got food in the refrigerator, you've got a cell phone, you've got at least one TV and one gaming system in your poverty-stricken house, one Xbox or something, right. tells you that, that as, however unsatisfactory free markets might be to you, the fact is, is that our poor are living better than most middle-class people in other parts of the world. That's the only excuse, guys. Why are people fleeing Central and South America? Why are people fleeing East Asia? Why are people fleeing Africa to come here? Because <laughs> yeah. to be poor in yeah. this country mm-hmm. make, would have made them rich in their own. Right. You can hear them marching up through mm-hmm. Mexico. Let's go be poor in America. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I say this to my university kids all the time. Uh-huh. If America is the racist, sexist, bigoted hellhole you're told it is by your professors, then why do people keep coming mm-hmm. here, number one? Right. And number two, are you actually saying that minorities are stupid? Are you actually mm-hmm. saying, progressive lefty, that when brown and black-skinned people get here, they're too, figu- they're too stupid to figure out how bad it is and go home? Yeah. No. They yeah. come here and stay because, again, poverty in this country comes replete with housing allowances and food stamps and electricity bill abatements, whereas to be poor in America is to be literally upper middle class in many of the third world countries these people have come from. So true. In the mid-50s to the mid-60s, we actually went up about 10%. I mean, we jumped in income. We went from 3,300 a year to 4,300 a year. And and back way back then, right? And that was huge. It was the biggest jump we'd ever seen. Well, what do you do if you're a society that wants to move towards socialism and you want to get the middle class to fund, to, to, to get us there, vote us there, and fund us there, you have to create a class of people that aren't doing well. How do you do that? By mere illusion. That's why uh, that's why Bobby Kennedy went down to the very poorest section, uh, one of the only sections at the time of Mississippi, that was poor. Then he said the whole nation has a problem. It was a lie. There, there, there's a lot of lying going on because you can't, you can't turn the boat towards socialism if there's no problem to care about and no reason. That's <laughs> That's right. And the lie of cap the lie against capitalism is the mm-hmm. lie that promotes all this fake race outrage, right? Right, right. And so you said it yourself. He went to Mississippi to a very black mm-hmm. community. Yes. And that's the same progressives who are talking down the economy are the same progressives now who are saying that scientific achievement is white supremacy, that right answers in math is white supremacy, that you know, I mean everything that they they, they brand successful now, you should hate it. You should hate success, you should hate progress, you should hate technology because it's white supremacist. Forget the fact that all those minority groups, they want the same things. They want the technology. They want all the access. So again, it's it, Veronique, Veronique de Rougie is exactly right. All you can do is talk down progress. All you can do is talk about poverty in a country that doesn't have any. We don't have people dying in the streets of hunger. We don't. Mm-mm. No one in this country starves to death ever, no, ever, no. ever, ever. And ever. walk around, and do, right? No, walk around. Or is no, anyone emaciated and, and, on the street? Because 50 well, million of us, you're going to notice it. Right. And, and that's the thing. If you do starve to death in this country, you're a complete idiot because there are all sorts of food banks and uh-huh. church programs yep. and government says you starve to death in this country. It's because you have the brain of a walnut. <laughs> no one starves to death and no one has to be homeless in this country either. Right, right. Um, the vast majority of our homeless are mentally disturbed in some ways. There are, in, there are issues there that have to deal with a mo- mental wellness. You don't have these problems here. And yet you have to make America sound worse than a third world country to get anybody to pay attention to progressive ideals. Well, and the left constantly vilifies the corporations, which irritates me because 
anyone in this country who has part uh, is in part of a pension plan depends on those corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Very and let, let's be clear: whose side of the culture wars are most of the companies on? They're not conservative friendly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's step, step aside out of the tech community for a second. We know that Twitter and Facebook—they're all pro-lefty. But we look at the companies. I'm watching TV every night, and every advertisement features gay people or transgender people. Every com- mm-hmm. TV commercial from grocery stores to clinics to exercise equipment to Coca-Cola features biracial marriage or or Mm -hmm. two women in love or two men in love. And that's the the smallest part of our society. They're representing the smallest part. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. More with Dr. Duke Pesta, the Dr. Duke Show, and Uncle Milty. Uh, Dr. Duke, our guest on co-host on Mondays. Be right back. This is Kate Daly, and my show is brought to you by the Piano Gallery, located on the Bloomington exit, right by Bloomington Walmart. You can get a gorgeous piano for a great deal. Talk to John or Jamie. A piano makes a beautiful house a home. Home Flooring Connection. Need a new floor? Call the expert. Home Flooring Connection. HomeFlooringConnection.com. Best Mattress, the best place to buy Tempur-Pedic. Save up to $1,500 on Serta, Beautyrest, and Sherwood. Free delivery and setup with the Best Mattress 120-day satisfaction guarantee. Why shop anywhere else? We're open! Come see us! Buy your goods and services here! You could shout it from a mountaintop, depending on where you live, of course. Or you could get a sign. It's much easier on the throat. Rainbow Sign and Banner for banners, signs, vehicle wraps, and service. Big, small, and everything in between. When you want it done fast and done right, you need Rainbow Sign and Banner in St. George. Have you heard Abe Ashton and Eric Nimmer? I'd say it's one of my greatest pleasures is to help a grandma and grandpa figure out a way to be able to have more access and more time to their kids and their grandkids. And then there's also the guys who say just more time on the golf course. (laughs) More time on the golf course or a new classic car or whatever it is. You know, we really love helping people accomplish their goals and dreams. Join Abe and Eric for your family and your retirement. Tuesday afternoon at 5 on St. George News Radio, 93.1 FM and 1450 KZNU. And check out AshtonWealth.com. Stuckey Family Pharmacy wants to say thank you for voting them best pharmacy in the best of Southern Utah 2019. Stuckey Family Pharmacy values being your partner in wellness. Don't forget to ask about free prepackaging next time you stop in. If you take several medications, vitamins, or supplements each day, it can get confusing. With prepackaging, all your pills will be organized by day and time. Just rip off the pack and you're set. Stuckey Family Pharmacy, your partner in wellness, and now voted best of Southern Utah. Off Telegraph near Coles or at Stuckey Family Pharmacy. Nielsen RV presents another episode of the Do Nothings. Hey, Dad, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, we're the Do Nothings. So Mom will be on her phone, I'm watching TV, and you and your brother will play video games. Yay! Do Nothing again! Don't be a Do Nothing. Get an awesome RV at a great price with the warranty forever at Nielsen RV off the Bluff Street exit, State Street in Hurricane, and NielsenRV.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Plum. I recently attended a continuing education course where the presenter asked a room full of dental professionals how many of us had flossed the night before. Only about half the attendees raised their hands. I learned that knowledge may not be the best motivator. So what will motivate you to start working toward that healthy, beautiful smile? A special anniversary or a new relationship? Maybe an upcoming reunion or a child who looks to you as an example. Whatever inspires you to go to the dentist, I hope I see you at Plum Dental. Check us out at PlumDental.com. You. What? Who was Rudolf Nureyev? Uh, wasn't he a defenseman for the Maple Leafs? Yeah, okay. Uh, can you tell me who Louis Armstrong was? He was the first guy on the moon. Mm. You know, one small step for man. Maybe they're not getting enough art. Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more, visit AmericansForTheArts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Nureyev's dance and Armstrong's horn. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. John Gibson, digging up history. The year is 1010. The hero of our story is a monk in a monastery. The oh my God moment, the monk figured out how to fly. That's story after this. Want to get back that full head of hair you once had? Now you can do something about hair loss with Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to help you return to a full-bodied head of hair. Reveal for men and women, too, for all types of hair. 30-day money-back guarantee. Get yours at johngibson.com. That's Reveal for hair at johngibson.com. Click on the Juness button on the right. johngibson.com, Juness. Almost a millennium before the Wright brothers, there was Elmer. He was a monk at the Malmesbury Abbey in England, and Elmer wanted to fly. Elmer figured out how to make a pair of wings, and he strapped them to his arms and feet. With the other monks watching, and one writing it all down, Elmer took his wings to the tower of the abbey and launched himself. He did not immediately crash to the ground. His fellow monk wrote that Elmer flew, or glided, a furlong, which is two football fields. Then he crashed to the ground. He broke both legs. He was lame ever after. Almost a thousand years before the Wright brothers, there was Elmer the Flying Monk. I'm John Gibson, digging up history. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. some more. I was actually Dodger in Oliver Twist. <laughs> I truly was. Um, anyway, uh, food, glorious food. I remember it well. And uh, welcome back to the program, Dr. Duke Pesta from the Dr. Duke Show and uh, and also Uncle Milty. We were just talking about the fact that if uh, uh, political outrage, why do we have political outrage right now? Why are you going to see it on the campaign trail? This is the most important thing to point out, too. The political outrage on the left comes from creating the poor class. And when we say create we truly mean the word create. We were doing very well as a nation in the 1950s going into the 60s. And Nixon came out and he basically said, we have to have this huge class of poverty. We have to now uh, recognize this huge problem of poverty. I'm surprised people didn't say, what do you mean poverty? They were frugal at the time, but I'm talking 
major poverty, they have to do that. If you have to gear a nation towards socialism to accept it, then you constantly have to point out the fact that and, and get them to buy into the fact that they have to go help everybody that's poor in this nation. And I'm not talking poor. They represented it as starving. Right. Yeah. And this is this is even before Nixon. Right. Nixon c- continued the policies and gave us helped us give us the war on drugs. But it was the great society. Right. This is um, uh, Lyndon Johnson mm-hmm. in the post Kennedy mm-hmm. assassination days who came up with the war on poverty yes. uh, tra- since since the Johnson administration. We have translated something more like 20, 22 trillion dollars from those who have and to those who have not, and almost all of it confiscated by government. And it has not moved the, notice how it's not moved the so-called poverty needle one iota. Mm -hmm. To listen to the progressives, there is more poverty than ever before, despite the fact that more people make more money, more people are employed than at many points in our history, that there are more opportunities for jobs, more people are going to college ever in the history of America. Mm -hmm. The numbers don't add up. No. Uh, so this th- it shows what you the point that you were making, Kate, that mm-hmm. this war on blank garbage, it, it's a war that can never be won because the purpose of the war is not to fix anything. It's right. just to scare people into uh, submitting to government, taking more and more resources it doesn't belong to fight fake problems. Well, when Lyndon Johnson started this, mm-hmm. the poverty level was set at a certain dollar amount. Right. And over time, mm-hmm. that poverty level has been changed to a dollar amount plus a percentage, a mm-hmm. dollar amount Good plus point. a larger percentage. Right. What we've actually done is just change what the yeah. definition of then, poor right. is. Yes. And then let's go a step further, shall we? Because abortion has been in the news so much lately. What are some of the arguments on that side of pro-choice, pro-murder, right? Was, number one, women weren't being educated until after the 1973 ruling and that we're staying in poverty, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and and number two, that if we don't let them get abortions, they will be in poverty. Both, by, both are incorrect. Both are total lies. Actually, I went back and the number surged for women being educated in this country before Roe versus Wade. It only mm-hmm. jumped up in small increments after. The biggest jump we had was when it wasn't allowed, when abortion wasn't allowed. Also, for the poor communities, there isn't one iota of evidence, because I went back and looked, um, that that anything that has to do with that issue uh, has anything to do with poverty, because it didn't keep people in poverty. We have actually 14 times higher poverty today, which is classified by the government as poverty, than we've had even back then. So poverty only only grew now that we've legalized abortion, right? Because their whole argument was that it won't grow if we legalize abortion. So what I'm saying is, is all of the left progressive narratives somehow worm themselves way into the poverty class. And then and then they scare the folks into thinking you're going to have so many more poor if you don't do X, Y or Z steeped in emotion and based on what we want to have happen in America. Right. And we, you know, to, to pick up on your abortion idea there in terms of showing the exposing the hypocrisy of all of this, mm-hmm. the same progressive lefties who are constantly screaming about how minorities and African-Americans in particular are being victims of a kind of cultural genocide, right? Mm-hmm. That it is, you mentioned Bobby Kennedy all those decades ago, don't, finding a place down in Mississippi right. to highlight poverty. It's the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yet these same progressive politicians who are, 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 are causing, calling everything in the culture white supremacy at the expense of African-Americans, they're the ones who are promoting an abortion policy, a pro-choice mm-hmm. abortion policy that results in the death of more black 
black babies percentage-wise than any other babies in the country. I know a couple of years ago, there was a statistic from Manhattan in New York where more African-American babies over the course of one year, I think it was 2016, 2017, more African-American babies in Manhattan were aborted than were allowed to be born. Wow. That's genocide. That is genocide. And don't forget... The, the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, in the 1930s, mm-hmm. wanted abortion to get rid of black babies. Yes. So how we can argue that an organization like Planned Parenthood that was conceived in genocide against black and brown skin babies is now so highly touted by the progressive left to enable more black women to kill more of their babies than any other kind of babies? And how do we turn this in to some kind of white genocide against black people? It's bizarre. Yep. And how do you keep going with... Um with with the facts and the facts are that our black community are are a huge amount of those recipients of the welfare so what what, so roe versus wade um didn't help anyone get out of any poverty we've only increased it 14 times over that's right you know they're starting now they don't only talk about poverty Mm -hmm. 43 million people approximately live in poverty in the united states but now they're starting to talk about another 60 million people that are living near Near poverty. Right. Near, near poverty. Near. Or uh, food, um, what is it? Food. At risk for, for, for hunger. Yeah, uh, food insecurity. <laughs> food insecurity. They don't ever say starving, they say food insecurity. And so the everything, not everything, but a lot of what they're basing their platforms on is the, is the bottom line platform of poverty in America and how the middle class is going to pay for it and change it. And they're going to change it due to socialism. Uh, there was actually a guy on the campaign trail, a Democrat, who basically was booed off the stage for denouncing socialism because they have to cling to socialism, right? Because they've been told there's this huge Mm -hmm. problem and now we have to solve it through socialism. Yeah, that's exactly right. And don't forget this, guys, too, that whatever the estimate is for illegal immigrants in this country, whether it's 11 million or 22 million or 40 million, those numbers, whatever the estimate is, is immediately added to the roles of those who are considered in poverty. So to be, according to the way these statistics are calculated, to be labeled an illegal immigrant or a a person who's here illegally automatically adds you to the role of the Mm -hmm. poverty stricken. Right. whether they know anything about you or not. So mm-hmm. uh, whatever the number is of, of, of alleged illegal immigrants in this country, they're immediately added without any question to the poverty rolls. Yep. And uh, and then when does the bottom fall out? Because today I was looking, there were so many different pieces on small businesses not starting up anymore, not wanting to have to go through it. Uh, people that are having to do the minimum wage uh, requirement, going out of states and, and just kind of closing up shop. How the malls are being hit so hard and not being able to uh, employ. How many more people are going to get on the rolls of this, uh, this poverty bandwagon, too, um, and increase it, even though it's not a problem? of starvation, Dr. Pesta. It's a problem of, of, well, I give up. I guess I'll just jump on the rolls, too, because everybody seems to be loving this, this, uh, this paycheck they're getting from the government. Yeah, that's the other thing we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, no place, no place in the world can you live as comfortably with nothing as in the United States? Right. I mean, exactly. under Obama, when when there was no restrictions, Donald Trump has done a lot to dr- drive people off uh, the food stamp rolls, for instance. Mm-hmm. But under Obama, when they were actually they were actually taking out in Obama's America, I remember this in 2008, and 9, and 2010. They were actually the, the Department of Agriculture, who oversees the home, the the food stamps, they were taking out newspaper ad advertisements in Mexican cities. 
telling them, advertising to Mexican nationals how much they'd get in food stamp benefits if they were to come to America. <laughs> they were literally dangling bait in places yep. like Mexico for people to cross the borders to collect our uh, food stamps. It's amazing. It is. I can't believe that a Democratic congressman actually came out against socialism. <laughs> I know. Hickenlooper. That would be the end of Hickenlooper. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got something they, going, they, though. Well, they hate it when they destroy their own narrative. Um, but but when you really look at this as a whole, this is why I like this piece we brought up, is, is they are the purveyors of outrage, is that this is all they have is the outrage. They've created the outrage. And if we don't start to realize they've created this, this is a narrative. Narrative, um, then, then we're sorely uh, we're sorely at a loss for for us as, as citizens in America because we are not seeing through the sham. Well, the founders said that America, the, the constitutional republic that is America, was made for a moral and an educated populace. We mm-hmm. have eroded away the morality of our people. We have driven Christianity to the, mar- Christianity to the margins of society. We have le- um, legitimized all sorts of promiscuity, all sorts of uh, sexual revolutionary business. We have uh, championed alternative sexualities. We have even gone so far as to tell little children that gender is, is utterly fluid and purely subjective. We have com- completely rotted the moral fiber of the mm-hmm. country. Yes. And yes. we've gone after now education, right? Mm-hmm. We we now know that a college education gets you what you would have known in the high school in 1970, right? right? That kids aren't getting a college education for all that money. That we're mm-hmm. sending kids spending sending kids to school for longer and longer periods of time with more and more expense and having them graduate with far fewer skills and far fewer f- fewer amounts of, of understanding and literacy. Yeah. And so the, if the founding fathers were right, if you undermine our education and remove our morality, mm-hmm. you're going to get exactly the kind of constituents who buy the emotional arguments of progressives. Absolutely. Let me mention this. The, the most influential paper you never heard of, the essay you've never heard of, was written by Kirk and Madsen, explained it in a 1989 book called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear of Hatred of Gay in the 1990s. And it went on to say, while public opinion is one primary source of mainstream values, religious authority is the other. When conservative churches condemn gays, there'll be only two things we can do to confound the homophobia of true believers. First, we can use talk to muddy the moral waters. You were just talking about morality. Mm-hmm. This means publicizing support for gays by more moderate churches. And it goes on and on to say talk about that. And then it also said, second, we can undermine the morality authority of homophobic churches. This is coming from the agenda. At the very end of the agenda, it says this. In any campaign to win over the public, gays will be cast as victims in need of protection so that straights will be inclined by reflex to assume the role of protector. And there are uh, two different messages. First, the mainstream should be told that gays are victims of fate in the sense that most never had a choice to accept or reject their sexual preference. The second message is uh, that they would portray gays as victims of society. When we're talking about the left, and this is one of their biggies on the left, it is all about agenda. If, if, if there was a party that was actually standing for something real, boy, would that be an anomaly in America right now. This is about standing on smoke and mirrors, agenda, strategized, organized agenda, whether it be poverty, whether it be gay rights, whether it be all of the agendas of the leftist progressives. This is all about standing on a well-organized and funded agenda. Yeah. And I think for conservatives, conservatives are results driven people. Mm -hmm. We see what works. We see what doesn't. We stand by what works. We reject what doesn't. But the progressive constituency 
is not based on that. It's based on ideology, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the it's and this is very Marxist dialectic. This is very socialist. Ignore the, the the what your two eyes show you. Ignore your own standard of living. Ignore the fact that everybody you know has a job, has the ability to take care of themselves. Ignore the fact that even the poor in this country live much better than poor elsewhere. And buy instead the socially driven ideological narratives of white supremacy, mm-hmm. of, of right. toxic masculinity, of the evils of capitalism. You must be outraged by the political narrative we are presenting you, the smoke and the mirrors. And the reason I brought that up is because we're in uh, we're in LGBT month now. It went from a day to a, a week to a month because you're going to be hearing a lot about that. But also because everything that you're supposed to be outraged over involves a victim class that they created. That's right. that's it, the truth. <laughs> that's right. And notice what it is, too. It's idea. It's ideological politics. It's identity mm-hmm. politics. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. If you're one of these privileged minority groups, uh, we ignore that you, you remain a victim. In other words, to be gay in America, even though there are many affluent gays and men, there are many gay people who have achieved much. It's a very successful demographic, to tell you the truth. It is. You don't find many gay people in the under the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Yet we still have to treat gays generally as a a collective that is somehow victimized when they're not or victim or the victim class deriving from hurt feelings. Right. Right. And so there's always a a reason they've been victimized. And and even back in that 1989 paper, the most influential one we never heard of, said that they had to construct fear, the fear and hatred against gays. So they had to actually create that because we weren't a hateful, a hateful nation. It's just that it opposed our uh, values of a lot of people here, but we weren't hating on them. There's a very small group of people that actually hate like that. So they had to create it just like they had to create for the for the poverty. Yep. Uh, Dr. Duke. Pesta, you're awesome. We'll see you see you back here next Monday. Thank you for that. Dr. Duke I can't show. believe we got to wait a whole week now. I know. Yeah. That is awful. I know. Uh, so catch the Dr. Duke show on Thursday so you can get your fix of Dr. Duke Pesta. Everybody, and uh, we'll come back with Colonel Rob Manis when we come back talking about what's really going on on the border. Be right back. struggle with your health and are frustrated with what you've tried so far, Inside Out Hyperbaric and Wellness can help. We use live cell analysis to identify your symptoms, then utilize regenerative solutions like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, stem cell therapy, and pro-body supplements to strengthen your immune system and naturally unlock your body's healing power. Call us today at 634-9355 to schedule your free consultation. That's 634-9355. Inside Out Hyperbaric and Wellness, bringing out the best in you. Thanks for listening to the Kate Daly Show. Weekday afternoons, rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and insight. The American Mutso Show with Eric Mutsos. The Read Hour with Lawrence W. Reed. Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. The Liberty Effect with Ammon Bundy. And Stranger Than Fiction with Ralph DeLugas. Right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network.